0: We want to welcome to the No Ideas original podcast, Michael Chambers, AKA Boogaloo Shrimp, AKA Turbo, from the historic movies Breaking 1 and Breaking 2. Welcome to the No Ideas original podcast. How you doing, Turbo? AKA Boogaloo Shrimp. (laughs)
1: I'm doing fine. On on that on that note, I want to show respect and love to all the East Coast hip hop elements. I don't know if you guys were aware of this, but if you could see this, yes, I got that award. It says thank you for your contribution to hip hop culture. Mm -hmm. Look at
0: that. See that? Yeah.
1: Can you see it? Yeah, 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 we can see it. Yep.
2: What what
1: that means to me is for years for years people have been talking about this West Coast, East Coast thing and the thing is as a dancer and an artist I've always had respect for Rocksteady, Cool Herc you know the the hip hop elements, everybody you know, uh, Kumo D Flavor Flay, everybody from New York, you know Boogie Down, I've always had respect for them and so I think as a, a hip hop artist now talking to the younger generation, I want to let them know that that meant a lot to me. Coming, being validated by East Coast people just because the thing is, we were all united by God. God Mm -hmm. created us all. So we're, just kids from different sides who pick an honest dollar. So, from the from the Zulu Nation to the Popper's Picnic, we were all one through one beat, you know. And so, yeah, with yeah. that being said, I, I really appreciate his form and what you all are trying to to drop knowledge so that all these kids from all these different nationalities—Puerto Ricans, Mexicans, Filipinos—can see that hip hop is everybody, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's funny, it's funny you
0: um, said that, because I was going to ask you, like, what does it mean to you to be a B-boy? And I know you mentioned some, but who are some of the people who actually inspired you to actually get into um, dancing?
1: Well, on, on on the subject of B-boying, since it's now worldwide news in the Olympics, uh, out of respect to the founders of B-boying, my first introduction to B-Boy was from Mark Lindberger, Mr. Freeze from Rock City. Um in 1983, mm-hmm. myself, Shadu, the late Shadow, and Bruno Falcon, we auditioned for the record, just like a job application, nothing was handed out to us. We weren't all that. It's as hard as anybody else, if not harder. So from from the clubs and bragging rights, we realized we wanted to make careers. So we went and got into auditions. And after the audition, we landed a job. Our big job was with Richie and the Pointer Sisters on a world tour. The first time we got on that, that tour, New York was like the biggest thing, Radio City Music Hall, come on now. She played Radio right. City, biggest thing that hit New York because there wasn't a B-Boy concert. But right. we're street dancers, so after the show we were like, "Let's get down and dirty, let's get funky." I want to, I want, I want to smell something. Oh, so what's that smell? You know what, <laughs> what I'm saying? Them, dog, them dirty warehouses with no air conditioning—that's funk. And the beat it's like, okay, if b boys are sweating and people are dead, I want to smell it, right? It's like, what's cooking, like the rock. What's cooking on the dance floor? So I was like, okay, you know, Lionel Richie, that's fine and everything. I thank you. I want to see New York and I am to play. So the thing is, people came to the concert. They said, okay, y'all from LA, we're going to break you. They took us to the funhouse. They took us to the funhouse. And I think we went to the Roxy back there. And that was, no, no, no. That was New York. That was like Ground zero, bang, in your face. In your face! So the thing is. I met Mark Lindberger, who was like a ghetto superstar. Him and Norm and, 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 uh, uh what's his name, Crazy Lakes, they were superstars. when that movie Flashdance came out? And then Wildstyle, forget it. They were like, they were walking around Washington Square Park no all you, hey, yo, don't talk to me, B, you know, we're the freshest. You know, I mean, they had like a swagger, we and we're like, dang, they're like superstars. So, Mark, he was coming to L.A., with Jeffrey Daniels from Chalamar, make that move. And the thing is, all these LA guys were like, "Well, who's the hottest?" Everybody in everybody who was in, everybody who was into dance and music watched the movie Flashdance. But the hip hop people were like, "I want to, I want to get, I want to know what that is." Those dancers in the in the park. So the thing is, Mr. Freeze and all those other guys from New York. They were like, shoot, we're to get some of that Hollywood love. Let's come to LA. The person who brought him to LA was Jeffrey Daniels. So the story unfolds. Jeffrey Daniels was a pop along kid from Shalimar, and he was doing his stuff. Look, Electric Boogie came from New York, and in 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 in, in flat- when, the, when 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 uh, Mr. Freeze and the now everybody was like we need to get with New York so Jeffrey Daniels was the first person on the record to bring those New York break dancers over here and bring up street dancers into his house because Shalomar the only knew what was available at Soul Train they performed on Soul Train and who was on Soul Train, The Locks, and Rerun, and, and Slim the Robot, but that wasn't the whole element of dance. The thing is, Jeffrey was smart. He knew he was going to be a choreographer, and he knew he was going to work with Michael Jackson, but he's not a breakdancer, and he's really not, not a popper, but to have that title, you're the shot. So, the, the, here it goes. Ooh. So, the respect goes to Mr. Freeze because Mr. Freeze from Rocksteady and Norman, they were B boys who could pop and electric boogie and glide. And when we started working together, we learned over here in LA you gotta go to the floor, you gotta weble, gotta gotta you know, oh, you gotta later, the down Bronx, but you gotta problem. flip it with a little bit of soul train, So, we were already. We were already on that feed, but, but here's the thing, we we, we were business minded, so the thing is, like I said, I I feel like when you asked me that question, it opened up Pandora's box, because Mark Limburger deserves credit for introducing me, Turbo Boogaloo, to B-Boy, and you could see it in the movie Breaking. I used to work out with Mark. And I was actually doing some pretty good movements. And they said I was the best, but my chair freeze, that's Mark Blimberger for Rocksteady's signature freeze. Man. My footwork, definitely Rocksteady, original. <laughs> and not the best person for Rocksteady, but Mark was an All-Styles guy. So yeah, I had to say that because that triggered that whole story. <laughs>
3: Thank you. That's crazy, man. That whole, you, bro, you was in the Bronx. You talking about Weibo, stuff? Come on, that's a Bronx. That's Bronx dance right there. So, <laughs> let me let, let's go let's go a little further back.
1: So how was it? How was it growing up in Wilmington, California, and also? Oh yeah, no no. Of- well, if you really think about it, every, everybody that got a little time, everybody that got the Hollywood shine, they were representing boogie down Bronx. All the all the all the, all the girls. That's a come. I'm glad that you know dynamic breakers, uh, NYC. Even people that were really not on television are starting to come out because. Rock and New York City breakers, they, they weren't the best breakdancers, but they were the most famous because they were the most yeah. polished and they had management. So just like the poppers picnic, there was a lot of cats that never got on television or film, but those brothers in L.A., they were really, really dancers. So I'm glad now those pioneers are starting to come out, you know.
3: Right, right, right. So how, how was it growing up in Wilmington and also Talk about how the Samoan culture you led to your
1: style of dance. Well, what's really interesting about that, like you said, when I said Dale Huevo and that whole, that whole Harlem <laughs> Latino <thing. laughs> well, when I was dancing as an African American, I didn't catch a beating or catch a bullet or get stabbed. I want to learn this dance and I want to find people who do it. I ain't trying to cause any trouble. I just want to learn. And so I was walking in people's neighborhoods with respect. My city is Wilmington, California by the Bay in South Bay of Los Angeles. So I could, when I grew up, I, my dad was in the military. We could walk five, 10 minutes and I was on the water. So it wasn't like we were rich. But we had it like that where we lived. I could go and just play in the water all day, you know, if I wanted to, for my summertime, and then you know, come home. So, with that being living by the water, a lot of people who were in the military know that people in the Navy were Filipino, Samoan, Guamanian, any islander, Pacific islanders. They were in that part of the military, the Navy. So, for Kurt, I was brought up when I walked to the other city, Carson. The Usos, the Samoans. Oh. <laughs> Those guys were like, okay, what you got, little brother? And the thing is, the group the the group the Booyah tribe, they Booyah were the blue city strutters. Yeah. Anybody knows anything about strutting. Frisco,land Northern California, they have the the Oak strutters, the Usos, you know, I mean, Pier 39, San Jose, everything. Everything up there, I mean, at Oakland, at Oaktown, 357, all those guys up there, Fillmore Strutters, Pier 39, I mean, a lot of those guys were dancing and hanging out over there. So when they got busted to art, they brought their whole culture. So the Blue City Strutters attitude, and yeah, they could dance. So uh, when I came to their city, I got respect. And anybody that knows mine, they're not nice until you show respect. And so, mm-hmm. As big as they are, they're like, well, guys, they're not nice to show respect. So when I came <laughs> to their neighborhood, they were looking at me sideways like, what does this, this young brother got? What What are you doing in our town? I didn't have to say anything. My dancing speak for itself. I was just like, put the music on. Bam, 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 bam. They had never seen animation. They had never seen my style. Even my, my name, Boogaloo Shrimp. Back then, it was West Coast Pop Lock and Boogaloo. My name was Boogaloo Shrimp. But everybody that seen me, they always thought my name would have been Mr. Animation, just because. As I animate, I, I immediately looked like a claymation, because that was my signature style. So those Samoans were like, "Dang man, this little guy not only is he cool, but he has something." And the number one guy who was like the shot caller, like their their leader of the Samoans, was Jack and Charlie. There were these two Samoan twins, and they were the smart ones, man. They was running all this power. I mean, a lot of those guys were like they had guns and they, they they played football. They were big. They didn't have a lot of like business savvy. So Jack and Charlie were like mixed with Japanese, and so they knew how to run things at peak game and hustle. So telling people, hey, you know what? This guy is really cool, man. they show love because they knew I was in a gang territory. So when I started practicing with them, I. I introduced to a frisk style that you didn't even have to drive to San Francisco. <laughs> and, and you know, the sticking and the king touch, the same stuff that the Jabberwockies, the Jabberwockies right. are doing, the media, the circus, granny and the Robotron. I was like a history lesson from up north, right in my backyard. So just, anybody that knows anything about guilty by association, you're only as good as your friends. So think about right. it. I'm a little black man. In a Polynesian multicultural city, but I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning original foundations from soul trained veterans from LA, LA, Vernon, Swanson, Crenshaw, those kind of people. And in San Francisco, a lot of people know electric boogaloos were up north, Fresno and Frisco. So the thing is, I was getting all that information, just downloaded, 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 and the thing is, I created my own style,
2: bro. <laughs> Being so young, like the age of uh, sixteen, maybe seventeen years old, you know, at the time, you were already a professional dancer. Like you was, you was doing stuff with a lot of big names, like you, you mentioned earlier, uh, Lionel Richie. Tell us um, the whole situation of how you got to work with Paula Abdul and also Shaka Khan.
1: Well, that didn't just happen. Brother, the thing is, I went from dance contest to actually mm-hmm. told me, hey, you know what? You should do something with your art. So instead of just hanging out at the club for bragging rights, I got with professional dancers. Anybody that knows Adolfo Quinones, Rerun, and Tony Basil, and, and Slim the Robot, they were professional street dancers. They were literally... Mm-hmm. made. Making money doing what they did. So I got a hold of them and went over to Michael Jackson's commercial dancers. And the thing is, we just all kind of like just got on the bandwagon and, and the train to get out of the neighborhood and start careers. So those things didn't happen. I worked just as hard, if not harder, than most of the people. And the late Shabadou from Chicago told me this. He said, Look, you got two decisions. You could be a ghetto superstar for bragging rights and get your little applause, or you could join the Screen Actors Guild and make a bona fide career and get a talent agent. Guess what? My Screen Actors Guild card said members since 1983.
2: That's a long time to be a union performer.
1: So the, yeah, but um, I started off as a, as a union performer at 14 years old. minor originally, wow. the Pointer Sisters, uh, they paid me. A- as a freelancer, not only in their videos, but uh, uh, on the tour. I didn't stop then. I just kept going on. So yeah, all that stuff happened because just like a day job, uh, I do a by working out with masters and then learning my own stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. What
1: what was it like working with
0: uh, Michael Jackson? And rumor has it that you taught him the moonwalk. Wow.
1: Hold on. <laughs> Let's see if you can see this. Wow. See that? Look at, can you see that? Yeah, yeah. Well, what's important in without the screen and all this other stuff? Not only is it a fact, but what's important is what he wrote. He all the Michael one-year-old kid that didn't ask nothing but respect for his dad's. To this great man. Michael said, Thank you. You're a kind person. The only reason he said that is because I wasn't jocking his bank account. I'm from the streets and I had a lot of heart. I was like, and I learned from the Bible. You're not supposed to another man's stuff. Period. So the thing is like for you, brother. You guys work for your thing. I'm happy for it. Thank you for allowing me in your house. Thank you for allowing me your time. I wasn't jockeying nothing because. If I didn't work for it, I wasn't taught to. Yeah, with that being what he gave me, <laughs> still resonates because nobody, nobody could deny. Say, friend, if you were trained by, by by Floyd Merriweather, I don't care who you are. People should see Merriweather's style. <laughs> so the, it's been rumored that I work with Michael, but even if I didn't say anything, even if I never said nothing, when that man danced, you could see my style through him. Best gift he could ever give me. So on that premise, like I said, I love it because, you know what, Jeffrey Daniels took the credit. He took the credit for many years, but guess what? When you look at Jeffrey Daniels, it's not like mine and it's not the Michael Jackson, the new Michael Jackson after Motown. So the thing is, I bring that up because it does answer your question. Working with Michael was a life-changing experience for the art. World. That's like, right. if I was to say who's my, who was my best student, <laughs> it would have been Michael uh, because he was the most famous student I ever taught in my life. <laughs>
0: nice, <man.
1: That's> <laughs> he, 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 even in his performances, after he has. Eating the art alive. When that man was dancing while Tupac when and play and playing MC Hammer. think about it. All these dancers, everybody was all fly, right? Michael like Michael. All these years, that guy was putting it down around the world. Then he had, a, then he had an attraction at Disneyland, Captain EO. We're taking over. I, I mean, <laughs> everybody that went to Disneyland went to Captain EO. And guess what Ooh. he featured? poppers you know i mean come on so for me yeah working with my michael jackson was awesome experience because if i was to ever be in a movie like a hip-hop pinocchio i really felt like i was the geppetto of dance i was behind a really famous pinocchio not saying he was a liar but my friend right. king kelly fred is there he took a little bit of this th- and he became this ultimate ro- robot <laughs> and he even called himself the moonwalker <laughs> i i love it because you know these truths are coming out for the for dance and y'all have you know you guys new york east coast people have rock daddy. You know, you can always go to Clay, Fat Freddy, Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul. You guys got, I mean, you guys got history of Queen Latifah, everybody, of the, the the architecture of uh, KRS One of hip hop. Well, with popping and my style will. from LA, I got a student, <laughs> Mr. Jackson, that just said, "Okay, look, I put it on." And all of his influences, Usher. Everybody that danced after him, whether I taught them or not, they learned from my spin. <laughs> so I, I love it. I love it that the. I love it that I'm still alive to see these young kids on YouTube. You know, the Step It Up movies were fine, John Shoe, and I'll give them that. But now it seems like the average. Person that all they do is, okay, this is my art, man. I juke, they juke it in Memphis, man. You know, I bone break, I, you know, I, I I juke, this is my life. It seems like now there's a spotlight for everybody, you know? If you graffiti, or your sneakers or whatever, it's like, it seems like the average person understands that hip hop is not a gang. Are you, me, people with real life, real jobs? And That's if right. the price is right, <laughs> you're gonna learn something, you know. So I, I look at it as mm-hmm. a gigantic em- employment stepping stone for e- everybody. it nice. is, mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> man. You know, you know, you, 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 you man, you've been alive around the likes of so many people. Paula Abdul, Lionel Richie, and even you know, you being associated with Shabba talk about popping Pete and popping Taco.
1: Well, for me, I have to admit, and I'm not going to, I had a long conversation. Because my name is Boogaloo Shrimp and I wasn't taught by the Boogaloos, there was a distance. You know, because they were before me, they were on Soul Train, many people followed. But yet when I did the breaking movies, at both of them, my career and my life went into orbit. So for a, a long time, I know there were certain dancers and certain people that dissed their self-made. I'm so glad that I still have dialogue with Popping, I mean, I mean with Boogaloo Sam and Bruno, just because we're all adults, and we're grown and we all are pioneers and we all have our contribution to the art, but yet we're humble enough to say, okay, you know what, we did we did but it's not really about us we're servants to, to so jesus died for all the people that's you know it's in, it's in the bible the thing is our lives are our ministry so the thing is for me as a grown man once i look back at the gift that god gave me i'm like you know what more power to all my brothers and sisters who built this and who inspired people because at the end if it edifies the Creator, then you did your job or you're doing your job. you know So with that said, you know what? when I was a kid, I thought as a kid. but as a grown man, a spiritual man, I'm learning to look beyond ego and edify and respect people who earn their place in this life for jobs, but also earn their position as educators. Right teachers which creates jobs so yeah with that being said i respect those grown men pete uh boogaloo uh poppy taco all of them because they're grown men they're educators they're masters of their style especially now that the numbers is more important man it's hard to get a a decent job but for somebody who's a master that's like having an md or a phd the thing is when you're validated at that level where it's olympic now it's worldwide news now we're talking real money for mm. real people's families so for me i'm validating them just because this olympic attention is like a gigantic pizza and you know what if the pizza's big enough everybody eats so for me okay. i'm hoping that god blesses this olympic attention or y'all over there in the East Coast, the graffiti people, the MCs, the music producers, uh, everybody—you know, b-boys, b-girls, boogie people, whatever you do. Just because it's—I mean, that—that's what the hip-hop elements is. There's, there's hoops for everything. So, and with that and the creativity, there's a lot of jobs out there. So, you know, I mean, the people that I've met and the people that i been validating, like Bruno P. Um, uh, 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 Sugar Pop uh, uh, Boogaloo Sam you know I mean, those guys they got a lot of knowledge to share with a lot of different people especially competitors who want to do all styles you know I'm just happy that they're alive and that they're able to educate you know these young people and, and work on that Yo, I was going tuba, we cellular phone, doc
2: meth, back in the flesh, blood and bones, don't condone, spent bank loans on home loans. others break like turbo and ozone when I grab the broom, moonwalk, platoon, hawk, my goons bark, etc, ah. etc. Et so with that being said, that showed you for them two titans in hip-hop, uh, Method Man and Red Man, for them to shout out you and turn you and old Ozone and that and and breaking right but they also put sprinkle the element of you using the broom for the you know for the broom walk so tell me with with that right with the broom walk how many yeah, takes yeah. did it did it was it when you when you did the uh broom scene right was that was that a lot of takes or did it was it like something that was just natural for you
1: I'm he said how many takes
2: okay Eight.
1: If you really think about it, I was 10 years old. A 16-year-old kid really doesn't do anything else but what the adults tell them to do. So when they told me action, I just dance and dance and talk pass out, protect children, <laughs> on a movie. You just have to just kind of save yourself. So to make a long right story short and if they just keep this music going this kid's gonna do something phenomenal and sure enough mm-hmm. I just kept dancing until I remember I was lightheaded <laughs> and then they're like oh give break, give us the water mm-hmm. it's like a pipe a... <laughs> and the thing is the teacher goes Michael you're gonna your mom and everybody's gonna be happy when you see this movie I said why they said you just did a tribute to Fred Astaire mm. I go, who? And they go, that's the thing, you don't even see a movie. He's like a good god of death, but I didn't know who he was because I didn't really watch him, which is even better because I wasn't imitating Fred. I wasn't wearing a tutu, I wasn't from a jazz dance studio, but the studio saw Fred Astaire it like a tribute, like a loose ghetto tribute in me. <laughs> and for them to say that, that's exactly what the press ate up. Right. They said, wow. They said, when that broom dance came out, pre-CGI, pre-all this MoCam stuff, just with a little fishy string on my, my broom and, 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 a, and a few creative edits, they're like, man, did you see that broom dance? And Maleficent. Real choreographer said, "Dang, Boogaloo, you were actually on un- on un- your un- first real theatrical hip piece in a film. That's big. Mm. So for me, when I did that, I didn't know I was only 16, but I I, I just focused, broke, focused broke. on my the, job. the extras or craft service or you know flossing. You know, oh, I'm on a movie set. No, no, no. I wasn't a baller <laughs> attitude. I did my dog on job." <laughs> I did my yeah, job. My, and I wasn't about my brand or whatever. these say, new, new kids. Oh yeah, they gotta have their brand. I gotta have my agent. I have my and whatever God blesses me with, let it let it be. But I'm doing my daily bread right now, and I'm I'm humble. <laughs> yeah.
0: What um what were your initial thoughts on bringing something that was considered urban and street to um to the mainstream? and kind of making it, I guess, like um, commercial. And a huge reason why I think the film, Breaking 1 and Breaking 2 are considered to be commercial is because of the costumes, and I think also Lucinda Dickey's role in the film. So, what, you know, what were your thoughts around that?
1: In that audition, they weren't allowed in the film, and just still on same street corners or at the same underground clubs. While we were on, back then they had movie theaters, so City had a movie theater. So I could drive down the freeway and see my face on a big, gigantic screen at a movie theater. So I realized very quickly how important it was to document our art. A lot of stuff that was lost in translation, but we pretty much nailed it. We were able to capture a lot of the, the truth, you know, from the West Coast interpretation of hip-hop. And, and I say that respectfully because... For years, everybody said, "Breaking Man, that's whack." They—they're they, trying to be New York. We were never trying to be New York. Hip hop was—hip hop was inspired by L.A. and New York. I—I I, mm-hmm. I seen people in New York looking at Soul Train, doing Soul Train stuff, but they—they turned they, it into electric boogie. They turn it into, turn it into their favorite. Well, L.A. did the same thing. We were doing our thing because we had disco and Saturday Night Fever and the whole Latino thing and. The thing is when, when Boogalooing and, and the Robot and Poppy came out, we were all we had that unlock until New York busted out with gazelles and the Kangos and the flavor. And the Sneakers, From his boom too Sneakers. The thing is, we were like, wow, this is cool. Everybody Damn. in New York is about flavor. And then the gold chains, you know, and so 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 I started seeing the importance because we were like a hip hop Woodstock. When you think about it, East Coast and West Coast. At that time, the way that we, were, our, you know, our, our fashion was changing, our hairstyles was changing. We went from from ponytails and Jerry curls to flat tops <laughs> and dreads, you know, the funky dreads, you know, the roots. I mean, every the brat, you know, funky afros. <laughs> it was like a whole, whole culture, almost like like a hip hop woodstock.
0: People devalue um and, and called street dance and found its way into mainstream artist videos i often wondered if the pioneers which were predominantly black and latinos were given choreography opportunities or were those opportunities given to you guys white contemporaries
1: well for the record i have to admit you mentioned one latino guy who was really understated bro. Bruno Falcon, Texas, his family are tex and the thing is, Bruno, when he came into the game, he got hated on, bro. He got hated on because he was Mexican, and a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people right back then were like, no, Soul Train is black, it's Afro-centric. Soul Train, for people that don't know, Soul Train was like the new Panthers movement, it, you know, I mean... There were people that were, 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 were into the whole Betty Shabazz, Malcolm X movement. All of those children from Chi-town and, 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 and down south, when they got on Soul Train, it was more of, like, James Brown's song, Say it loud, loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Now, black, black was beautiful because even the darkest black person could shine and get respect from white America because they knew how to dance. So now, that was like, Soul Train was like, Don Cornelius and the Soul Train, the Soul Train um, show, they gave, they gave an image and a, a, um, a self-esteem the blacks and the the, the minorities in the hood, right? So the thing is when Bruno Falcon started working as a Latino, when he started dancing with the Electric Boogaloos and other blacks, the thing is he started getting really, really good in developing his own style. By the time him and I met, we met at Uncle Jam's Army Dance where uh, a young Egyptian lover was spinning and scratching and the thing is, he took to me because he seen me as like an abandoned African-American out oh, because I was just there by myself with maybe a couple of friends, but we were, I was only like 12 and a half, that was like 12 years old. And this was a, this those conventions, there was no alcohol or no drinking or no drugs. And so anybody could, it was almost like a YMC, anybody could come in. So I, I went into that function and it was like a networking rave. You know, we we all networked. And that guy, Bruno, I have to give it to him. He he looked at me and was like, wow, you know what? Here's a black kid from another city, all by himself, just seeking knowledge. I'm going to take him under my wing as like my little brother from another mother, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So for years, him and I just practiced. He met my mom. We, we, we broke bread. I met his mom. I used to hang at his house, and there was no there was no racial tension or no hate, right? So so as we started our careers and we worked with Lila Richie and Shaka uh, Khan, I noticed that with Bruno, because he was so talented, but he didn't know the business, he never really, he never really cashed in on that card of like taking up big choreography jobs. He got choreography because his friend Tony Basil, Tony Basil suggested that he teach and start doing stuff. But even when he worked with Michael Jackson, he was working, showing Michael Jackson, like myself, solo steps, but he never grabbed the choreography credit. He could have, but Travis Payne, Travis Payne, Cooley, Jackson, Jeffrey Daniels, all those guys grabbed the choreography for everything because Bruno didn't speak up for himself. But yeah, you know what? I, I He's the one that I would vouch for because there were opportunities, but a lot of us just kind of like we're young. And we, we stayed in our lane, as they say, you know, it's like for me mm-hmm. being a soloist, I wrote it as far as I could. You know, I mean, if you look at my work, the documentary Breaking and Entering, I was mm-hmm. dancing my butt off next to Electric Boogaloo, next to the best of the best. I was holding my own. That was before Breaking. Then when I got the movie Breaking, Turbo stood on his own away from everybody. Mm-hmm. Even with the electric boogaloo's in the film, I stood on my own. And in Breaking 2, of course, I kept studying on my own. But my point is this, I started just still, after those movies, if you look at my credits, I played the robot, Steve Urkel. You know, Bill and Ted Spokesher, you know, I was looking, I, 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 was, I was still seeking to find who I was as an artist and where I want to go. So by then, that when I met Paula Abdul, that's when I started stepping up the choreography. Because I got choreography credit for doing the numbers for opposite tracks. Only Paula Abdul was trying to be a choreographer since she choreographed Janet. So everybody in her camp was like, look, this guy's should be honored he's dancing with a queen. Uh, Let him do his little pop lock, but she's a real choreographer, so it was a hard time for me because I was trying to flex my muscle with another choreographer and it didn't work. (laughs) But, but, the person who did see that I was trying to get a job as a choreographer was Mr. Jackson. When I finally worked with Michael on our project, instead of just behind the scenes, Michael Jackson asked me to help him do uh, the steps for Bart Simpson. So, Michael, my secretary called me. She said, my, Mr. Jackson wants to talk to you. I'm like, about what? Well, he was interested in you doing a new project. I, then I had, By then, 1990, I had an attitude. I said, look. I told Michael's secretary, you tell Mr. Jackson. I want to talk to him. And You, <laughs> you got to remember, I'm from the streets. I don't care. If you didn't give me nothing, I ain't got nothing to lose. I'm going to tell you, right? So... She goes, okay. Michael gets on the phone, hello? I'm like, yeah, Mike, what? I'm like, okay, here it is. I said, for years, everybody been saying, who taught Michael Jackson? I go, do you know how hard it is to explain something that, that's true to people who just believe a lie? He goes, what are you getting at? I said, well, if we do this project, I need credit. He goes, that's it? I go, yeah, yeah Just. I just need the credit. Consider it done. He's thought, I have my secretary. <laughs> he had his secretary make sure that they wrote it. And if you go and get the of Sing the Blues, Bart Simpson, I have the credit because Mr. Jackson made sure that I was on record as the choreographer. Finally, finally. If I'm a choreographer for an animated cartoon, obviously all that stuff was true before. <laughs> so okay. the thing is, Michael realized that it was so important for me to have that choreography credit so yeah i i really thank the jackson estate for 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 making sure i got my choreography credit because after that you know i started helping out I, I choreographed bill and ted the routine with me and bruno i choreographed my steps for jaleel White and family matters and so yeah yeah i, I started accepting that title
3: perfect did you did you choreograph the Cartoon Cat and Paula Abdul's video too?
1: Yeah, yeah. And matter of fact, matter of fact, uh, the wonderful thing about that job is while Paula Abdul was being the diva, everybody behind the scenes said uh, you really need this footage because they saw how hard I was working as a black man trying to get a job legally. <laughs> so the thing is, the director, and everybody, they gave me the behind-the-scenes footage. There, there was no denying that, because all those years where people were guessing, what does he do after breaking? Now, you, you could go under rare opposite to track, like, if you punch in rare opposite to track, yeah. all that behind-the-scenes stuff where you can actually see what was going on in the making of that video, and actually see me at Debbie Reynolds Studios uh, uh, practicing with Paula and teaching... Her the steps for those scenes where the cat and her are dancing street dancing. Right. So yeah, right. you know what right. that that um that was an interesting experience because I tell you man, I, if you really think about, I grew up in Hollywood as a soloist and then a somewhat actor because I did all my improv acting and breaking and made a few people laugh and seen the movie. That was all improv. But after that, yeah. as I was finding my way very quickly, if I'm teaching. I'm teaching the king of pop and I'm working with all these other people, I should be able to choreograph. And so those counts. Five, six, seven, eight, of course. I learned that from Tony Basil and all the other people I've worked with. So I just started getting that title and and, and embracing it you know, as a choreographer. So I'm so glad for everyone who uploaded anything that was lost in translation on YouTube, just because it's a lot easier seen than said because too many people floss. I did this or I did it, whatever. I just shut up and do your <laughs> let your credits speak. And me, me and Bruno Falcon, Papa Taco, we've always been that that kind, you know, uh, in, in Town. We just did our work and we were hoping God blesses it with good people to bring, right. you know, bring our credits out. But that's not really popular. That's not really popular in Hollywood. Hollywood, you get one little thing and everybody's like, look at me. I'm on TikTok. Oh my God, I did this. I was in Lady Gaga. I was a big and Italian. I was in Bruno Mars. I mean, everybody, every, everybody flosses their credits. So it's like, look at me. But the thing is, that was a different time for us. We were like, well, we did our job. Well, we respect the artist. But, you know, Hollywood's like, no, if you got the credit, you better floss it. It's all theater. You know I mean, everybody's over the top, right? Right,
3: right, right. That's your resume, man. Hey, you know what? And I was there. They're them. all
1: theater and Broadway, So I. I, I appreciate I appreciate you gentlemen taking the time just because it's not even about me, it's about the knowledge on your show and maybe somebody out there that's seeking knowledge for dance or wanting right. to get a job during this COVID, maybe right. they'll see something in my story where they can avoid problems, you know what I'm saying? For the record, I want to throw it out there out of respect, anybody that's dancing or anybody that has something that's revolutionary or new Make sure that you log, you trademark your stuff, or or, or 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 find some way to get your your original work out there and label it and and copyright it, just so that it, or work with the the artist and your manager, making sure that you document your contribution, just so you can build a resume, so you don't have to worry about people wondering who you are. You know, I mean, your resume is your is your job. You know, and so take care. Take care of the grind before the shine. Take care of your step. Don't give it away for free.
3: <laughs> nah, that's that's a, that's a dope piece of duel right there, man. Some just giving out for free because you know people aren't looking at the legal hand. Yeah,
1: man, we gotta help these these people, man. Get ahead an and avoid the pitfall. That's
3: bad. That's yo, know, is 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 the breaking franchise? Is there a reemergence of the breaking franchise?
1: Yeah, man, you matter of fact, matter of fact, on the down low, there's been a lot of activity surrounding that because of, because of the Karate Kid Cobra Kai, the franchise, and because oh, we're all alive. And then, of course, I, 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 I'm not going to say because of the demise of, of, of the late Adolfo Quinones, just because that wasn't, that, even when he was alive, people were not frying like they are now because of the Olympics. And, you know, it just seems like God's just blessing certain things that can help other people, I'll just say. There's, there, it just seems like there's a tone in the world where people, whether you're getting a stimulus or whatever, people are just getting blessed from from these different these di- different avenues and regarding the breaking franchise. It just seems like now there's a new attention Regarding the wholesomeness and the all styles aspect and everybody dancing instead of fighting, so hopefully, hopefully you know there'll be something for everybody to get excited about when there's an audition or a worldwide casting car or something like that, you know. But yeah, there's a there's a lot of activity, you know. But like I said, there's always been a lot, a lot of activity, a lot of talk. But uh, it, it, everything sounds good, but until there's an audition and it's in a production, we wait and see. We see what God blesses. But I learned something, and I'm going to drop this valuable bomb. I learned something from a very seasoned African-American co-worker in the arts, Darren Henson from Stomp the Art. Darren Henson told me, Michael, if you ever are looking for a job as a black man, you need to stay ready so you don't have to be ready. I go, what do you mean? He goes, if if I have to explain this to you, you won't get it. He goes, how are you going to go on tour if all your life, you've been waiting for that one moment and you get the call but you ain't in shape Mm -hmm. you're not ready you're gonna lose the job or die trying he goes you need to work out you need to keep it moving and you need to stay ready so you don't have to be ready so when you get that call you're gonna get a job and you're gonna love it so I was like wait a minute he told me then I tell you what with my prayers to God and and, and just grinding you know I throw that on because with all that activity and the Olympics Everybody who's a dancer or choreographer who I call them sleeping giants just because there's a lot of pioneers who work their butts off on the East Coast and the West Coast but there was no activity so people had to get a day job or provide for the family but look now that all this activity is up people need to step it up whatever you're doing because if their call comes in the jobs are right there you know.
3: That's yeah. right, That's right. And, I, and I'm glad you brought, you brought that out because Dance, I know dance back in the days, you know, I'm a 70s baby, so disco was the thing. And then it turned into break dancing and things of that nature. And then it just faded out. Nobody came yeah. to dance, yeah. nobody wanted to dance. And I'll tell you a quick story for me as a kid, I played a lot of basketball, but I also partied a lot. What kept me in shape was going to parties on a Friday night and okay. then playing basketball on Saturday. I never worked out, I just danced at a party. But I would dance for five hours straight.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so, so back to your back to your disco. I always thought, and this was like a conspiracy, brother. There is footage of people at some Dodger Stadium throwing disco records, saying disco is dead. It's documented. Somebody had a conspiracy, said disco is dead, and they start breaking. CDs and saying Disco's dead. And the, the worst thing about that, people like Bernard Wright, freak out! <laughs> all those Donna Summer, all those great producers, Naraldo Marco Walden, ow, ow, oh, 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 oh. I mean, all that really cool backbeat, those music producers, they were out of work because when they said Disco was dead, people were looking at New Wave, New Wave, and like the pretty rock. See you know what I mean? So the thing is, is I like that you brought that up, because disco gave birth to the robot. Disco gave birth to fusion. Blacks and Mexicans were wearing bell bottoms. People, even Jewish people were like, look, we're all one. You're the descendant of Abraham because I got an afro. What's up, (laughs) my brother? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, like people from Yonkers, people from Yonkers was wearing sneakers. People from, people from Bedside, they're like, hey, it's in the sneakers. You know, people in LA, like, yo, what's up, man? Yeah, I'm from the Hamptons and I got the right sneakers. It's like everybody, everybody was like at one time with yep. disco in that 70s funk. Yep. They were wearing the bell bottoms, they were wearing the sneakers. Right when the 70s went out, disco funk children went right into hip hop instantly, and they yeah. were on the That's and they, right. They were dancing, and still were exchanging crate music and and the mic. So i I'm, I'm really thankful that you brought that up because people always say hip hop started it, but disco foundations yeah. actually started that whole Latin and black fusion. The Dale Huevo, Puerto Rico, right. Stas And the people in Latin America were dancing, get down, get oh, the yeah. sister sled, sí. taste the honey. And the thing is, they started learning from the black. Right. They start twisting their braids, start wearing their jewelry, getting their fake nails. You know, guys who wearing Gazelle, looking super fly like Dolomite. <laughs>
2: i tell you what, and, man. It was
3: once
1: culture exchange, you know?
3: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it definitely was.
2: Once once you saw how Japan and China Be and other elements of
1: fact, we got of all
3: international like <laughs>